Hello everyone, this is Stephanie Wright and welcome to Wives in the Word podcast. We are keeping the marriage discussion real in the 21st century by applying Bible principles with a dash of humor to our studies. Today in episode 2, we will journey back to Bethlehem from Moab and witness the divine encounter between Ruth and Boaz. We will experience God's blessings, favor, and grace showered on Ruth. The same blessings he bestows on those who, like Ruth, follow him by faith. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about Ruth and look at the qualities of this woman of God that attracted Boaz to her. And for those men who are listening in, this is to the men as well. Let's look at what Boaz was looking for in a wife. Most of all, what we are going to look at is what attracted God to Ruth so that Boaz would be attracted to her. Now, we need to be attracted to God first, and then God will send the blessing, whether it is your future spouse or a financial blessing or a physical healing, whatever. We need to be attractive to God, and we need to be attracted to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So who was Ruth? At first, she was an idol worshiper or a heathen. She was a widow married to Malan, Naomi's son, who was her mother-in-law. She was a caretaker of her mother-in-law. Naomi was also a widow. Ruth was a faithful woman, a brave woman, a wise woman, a hard worker. She knew how to take good counsel from her mother-in-law. She became the wife of Boaz, the mother of Obed, the grandmother of Jesse, the great-grandmother of David. Starting in Ruth 1 and 4, it says that Naomi's sons took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled there about 10 years. Now, let's look at Ruth 1 and verses 16 and 17. It says, and Ruth said to her mother-in-law, this was after they had returned from Moab to Bethlehem, because as we have already said in a prior study, Naomi lost her husband, Ruth lost her husband, so we had Naomi and Ruth who were widows, so they left Moab and they returned to Bethlehem because things had gotten better in Bethlehem. There was now food in Bethlehem. They originally left and went to Moab because there was a famine in Bethlehem. But they, they returned now to Bethlehem. And in verses 16 and 17, Ruth is going to go and work because her mother-in-law probably was elderly could not work. So Ruth told her, she said, I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see if I can uh, glean in the field so that I can uh, bring food home. In verse 16 and 17, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return. What we're talking about here in 16 and 17 is where Ruth basically vows to stay with Naomi. She's going to be with Naomi uh, Naomi's God would be her God. It was at that point that uh, Ruth, before they left, actually left Moab 
that Ruth said, I'm not staying here in this heathen country. I'm coming with you. So that's what I'm talking about when I say she had wisdom. So when you're going to be a wife, even though she was a widow now, she had wisdom. She saw the God in uh, Naomi and she wanted to be with this woman. And so in verse 19, they returned to Bethlehem. She left the country that she lived in, which was Moab, and she was returning to Bethlehem. And the people in, in Bethlehem did not like Moabites. So this woman was going from one country to another country where she knew she would be hated. They hated her people. But she saw something in her mother-in-law. She saw God in her mother-in-law. And at that point, I believe that Ruth was no longer a heathen. She had accepted her mother-in-law's God. So at that point, she has become a God woman. But as you will see, as we continue on, just because God changes you, people always don't want to necessarily accept you because you have changed. But if God sees it, don't worry about what other people see or what other people say. Be a God, God woman, and God is going to recognize that in you. So in verse 22 in chapter 1, this is significant because it says that Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. So this is important that they went at that time because the timing is just right for Ruth and Boaz to meet. And in verse 2, Verse, verse chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. So here we're introduced to Boaz as being a wealthy man. So it is not luck, but it is as God would have it. It's nice that Naomi was a relative of Boaz, a very rich man. But that was all in God's plan, and it was not luck. And when God has our blessings, our miracles, it is favor, not luck. It is blessing, not luck. It is grace. Like Ruth said, she said she was going out into the fields to find grace. When Boaz comes along, when that wife comes along, it is not luck when that husband comes along it is not luck it will be God's plan for you when God favors you it is not luck we use that word not intending to use it many times but it's kind of a habit but it's not luck we don't talk about luck uh, we don't believe in luck we know that God has control of everything in our lives and God will have control over who that spouse will be God will have control uh, over who that Boaz is going to be in your life, over who uh, that wife will be. God has control if you are married over what is going to happen in the next 18 months or the next 10 years in your life. God has control over that if you have decided you don't want to be a wife you're still married to Jesus God has control over what is going on in your life we it's not luck 
It is not luck. It is divine providence that we talk about. Moving on to Ruth chapter 2, verse 2. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. So Ruth was speaking prophetically. Ruth was full of hope. Ruth went to work expecting something good, something profitable was going to happen for her. So uh, as I had said earlier, she was, getting, she was going to go to work to get some food to work for her and her mother-in-law. How do, how do you approach your day? Do you expect something good to happen? Do you speak prophetically over yourself at the beginning of the day? Are you speaking prophetically over yourself as far as the spouse that you are hoping God brings to you? Are you speaking prophetically as far as what God has promised in your life? Or are you allowing the devil, that snake, to try to steal? And I say it try because he won't. Try to steal the promises out of your heart, no matter what it is. No matter how great or how small the promise is, God is going to fulfill it if you have your trust in him. So be like Ruth and speak prophetically over your life at the beginning of every day. Say who you are in Christ and walk like it all day. In Ruth, they, it still refers to her as the Moabitess. The people are still identifying her as really as a heathen. But Ruth was a changed woman. So again, I'm going to say, know who you are in Christ and don't let people tell you who you are. You know who you are in Christ and you walk like it. God provides the riches that, that we need. God provides what we need. He can send a rich relative if, it, if necessary. But if he doesn't send a rich relative, just remember, God is your provider. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He will provide you with everything that you need. Amen. So in verse 3, it says, And she went and came and gleaned in the fields. She just happened to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. So verse 3 tells us that she did not necessarily know she would end up in Boaz's field. So again, it wasn't luck. God planned this meeting that was about to happen for Ruth and Boaz. God will orchestrate their coming together. God is the one who brings people together and circumstances at the right time and at the right place for the right purpose. And for those of you who are expecting your Boaz, he will bring him along at the right time, at the right place, and for the right purpose. Amen. Verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. So God brings these two together. Boaz did not have to show up at that time. How often does the head of a major corporation, the CEO, happen to show up at the time that is probably relatively insignificant? But again, this is God's grace, God's favor. God's timing is perfect. We have to trust God for his timing. We don't want to always think. We want God to, bring, to do things like right now, right now. But God's timing is perfect. And when we least expect it, God will show up. Now let's look at verse 5 and 6 in, in Ruth. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Who is this woman I'm seeing over here? 
Verse 6, and the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. See, he's still talking about her calling a Moabitish woman. He can just say, this is the damsel that came back with her mother-in-law. They're not talking about all the good things she is. He's saying that Moabitish woman. You know, you need to be careful how you treat people, how you talk to them. I'm going to go ahead and tell this little funny story because... When I first met Apostle Charles, of course, I wasn't saved. I didn't know Christ the way I know him now. In that day, um, you know, if you wore makeup and pants or whatever, you know, you just, uh, they, they were ready to put you out. You couldn't come in the church, period. But I went to church with Apostle Charles, and, of course, I had my makeup on, had my little wig piece on, and, um, you know, and then I heard later that somebody had referred to me as a Jezebel. <laughs> So <laughs> that's okay. Jezebel got saved. Praise Jesus. So we have to be careful how we how we treat people and um, you know how we how we talk about people because you know that very person that you sit up and talk about may be the one that will have to pray for you uh, to be delivered out of something. Boaz's eyes fell on Ruth, and again, grace and favor. And you just can't make this stuff up. Only God can do something like this. I know we all have had the same experience, whether it is small or great, where God has done something for us, and you know the timing was so right. It was so right that it had to be God. Amen. So verse 7, this is Boaz's servant talking to Boaz. So the servant is talking to Boaz. He says, and she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. So Boaz's servant is the first to point out one of Ruth's strengths. She's a hard worker. I don't think most women want a lazy man and probably vice versa. So here's a key. Ladies, if he's not working or at least has the prospect of a job, is he really your Boaz? He does not necessarily have to be rich, although rich ain't bad as long as rich knows God. But your Boaz needs to be working. Otherwise, like we said last time, you might end up with Bozo, Bozo the Clown, instead of Boaz. This is another characteristic of this woman. She's a hard worker. So, uh, Boaz is listening to all this, and he's hearing he's hearing all this. Um, and then in verse eight, he says, "Then said Boaz unto Ruth, he goes and he, the CEO of the corporation, comes over and says, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maids.' In other words, he's saying, "You stay right here. I want you to stay at this company. I don't want you to leave this company. You're going to work here for me." Okay, so God rewards Ruth with grace and favor. Boaz calls her daughter, which is an indication that he may be an older man. In fact, at least one commentary that I read said he was an older man. So here is another point, ladies. Does age matter? I guess that depends. We can look at a number of relationships where the man was older or younger than the woman. Verse 9 of chapter 2. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And this is Boaz talking to Ruth. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. So Boaz is, is her protector now. 
and a husband should want to be his wife's protector and possibly uh, you never know the, the roles can be reversed that uh, the wife may have to be the protector uh, because I shared with you how Apostle Charles had gotten sick uh, because of a recurring war injury and I did not want to be a nurse at home but I really had no choice because he did not want a nurse coming to the house uh, changing his uh, his dressings so um, I had to do that and and I am I am not called to be a nurse I'm here to tell you I'm not <laughs> everybody got that calling but that's not mine but I did that for him because that's what he wanted this is my point there are going to be times you're not going to want to do certain things and your husband is going to want you to do them. Now, I'm not talking about anything that is contrary uh, to the word of God. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, so if you've got the attitude, ladies, that ain't no man going to tell me what to do, then, you know, maybe right now you don't need a husband. <laughs> so if you're saying, and I touched on this last week, I don't need no man, you maybe need to be thinking a little bit deeper about whether or not you're ready you know for a husband okay then you have um i, I have this little funny story in my my notes uh, i have a couple of a couple of friends of mine who at one time in their life said i can't live without a man and so i mean i was just like flabbergasted and these were two different people at two separate times who said i can't live without a man well the funny part about it is yeah you can because Actually, both of them right now are living without a man, and they're doing just fine. I just thought I'd throw that in. Anyway, but you can live without a man, but you cannot live without God. Don't ever forget that. Let's look at verse 10, and I kind of think we're going to, I'm only going to touch on a few more things, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. We're in chapter 2 of Ruth, verse 10. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto Boaz, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? The thing that I'm looking at here is um, it's kind of funny because she said in the earlier verse, she said uh, she was going to find grace. Remember, she said that I may find grace. So now she has found grace and she's questioning why. We'll ask God to do this, this, and this. And then we forget that we ask God to do it. And then when God does it, it's like, oh, look what God did. <laughs> so, verse 11, it says, And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown to me that that what thou hast, what you've done for your mother-in-law. So see, he sees her as a woman who cares about others, who loves her mother-in-law. He says, And how you left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity, and you came unto a people that you don't even know. And so he's, these are the characteristics he's seeing in her. She loves her mother-in-law. She cares about her mother-in-law. She cares about the elderly. She's a brave woman. You left your family and you came here and you came among people who don't, uh, who hated your people. So these are the characteristics that he's looking at. And so what are the characteristics that Boaz is going to see in you, ladies, those of you who are looking for um, uh, your Boaz to find you? Is he going to find strength in you? Is he going to find a compassionate person in you? Uh, or is he going to find somebody who's selfish? What is he going to find in you? Those of you who, do, who are not looking for a husband, what is God seeing in you right now? 
is he finding a compassionate person, someone who cares about others? Is, is, is it because you're married to Jesus right now? And even if you're married to and you have a husband, what is God seeing in you? Is he seeing compassion in you? Is he seeing that you care for others? Because God wants us to care for others. In verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. This, this is what this, this man Boaz is blessing this woman. He is just speaking words of blessing upon her. As you continue on reading in, in chapter 2, we find that Boaz is, is making sure that Ruth has plenty of food to take back with her when she returns to her mother-in-law. As you read and study in this particular chapter, you will find that this was a common thing that happened in that day. And so Ruth as a, was a sojourner. In other words, she was a woman from a foreign land. And it was acceptable that people that came from a foreign land were allowed to come in and glean in the field. It's in Leviticus 19 and 19 and Deuteronomy chapter 24. So Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 24, it talks about the harvest. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back and get it. You shall, it shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. And this custom is still going on in some countries in the Middle East. So this is going on even today. It makes me think about us as a nation that, that we should be concerned about um, our poor, our fatherless, our widows. And it says here that God will bless the work of your hands when you bless. So we are called to be a blessing to others. When we bless others, God blesses us. And when you have a heart for others, which definitely Ruth had, she had a heart of giving, a heart of loving, a heart of caring for her mother-in-law, and even in the face of being hated. Now, you know there were women in that field that didn't like her, okay? Looking at her, who is she? Who does she think she is? And you know she really caught it when they saw Boaz was attracted to her, okay? But, you know, what's in your heart? What is your Boaz going to find in you when he finds you? Is he going to find someone who is compassionate, who is caring, who is loving? Or is he going to find somebody who's selfish, uh, who doesn't care about others? Um... You know, look at your character. What kind of wife do you want to be? Look at your character. What kind of God woman do you want to be? What does God, most of all, what does God see in you? Let God see in you what he wants to see in you. A person who is loving and caring and concerned, who cares for others, who prays, um, that is what is most important and the blessings will come. So I hope you all have been blessed today. Thank you for being with us today on Wives in the Word. Please join us next time as we continue our study on the biblical perspective of marriage in the 21st century. This has been your hostess, Stephanie Wright.